Good evening, good morning, good night, good second breakfast, whenever you are, wherever you are. My name is Laura Gonzalez, and I'd like to welcome you to Lunatic Mondays on CSMP, the Circle Sanctuary Network podcast. And today I have a guest that she's going to get uh, frequent flyer points for being on this show so many times. But it is because I love her work and and I love her name also. Haha. Ha. Uh, her <laughs> name is Laura. So, of course... Laura Tepesakravisky here in the show. Laura is a professional artist, author, dancer, designer, and modern traditional witch. She holds a, a bachelor's from Rhode Island School of Design, and her artwork has received awards and honors worldwide. Laura is the author of several best-selling books, including Sigil Witchery and Weave the Liminal. She is also the creator of the best-selling Liminal Spirits Oracle and Anatomy of a Witch Oracle. She is the creative force behind several community events and teaches workshops online and worldwide. To learn more about her work, you can go to lauratempestsacroft.com. And I am so honored that you're here today. Laura, welcome to the show. How are you? Oh, uh, thank you so much again. It's always a pleasure to be here. And uh, you know, it's, it's a strange time, right? We're in this liminal part of the year. Like, what? what is going on where are we when are we uh how are we dealing with the weather <laughs> i know um so in mexico uh the winter holidays begin on december 12th mm-hmm. this is the day of our lady of guadalupe and then we have posadas which is a holiday tradition in mexico and then new year's of course and then uh the epiphany the the reyes magos the three wise men so we call it the Guadalupe Reyes Marathon. It's, it's a marathon because you're you're having parties all the time. And it's exactly that feeling. And and the time between uh for for most people, right? The time between uh Christmas and New Year's is like, when are we? And here is where we are in a liminal space with the author of liminal spaces. So I think it's just <laughs> fitting that you're here. How are your holidays going? I'm not going to say uh, how they've been because they continue for a lot of people. Yes, yes. So far, so good. Um, just got back from visiting family on the West Coast. Got to see folks I haven't seen in a really long time. And uh, some more visiting planned. So hopefully, uh, weather-wise, everything will continue as scheduled. So uh, hopefully everything's going good for you as well. Yeah, we're we're here hunkered down and waiting for the big storm to continue to pass and to keep us alive. Yes, we are pre-recording. Yes, we are pre-recording like three days before this air. And uh, hopefully we have survived this snowstorm. <laughs> Got you it, know? it'll be fine. And I was looking at the weather thing and it was something like even beyond a polar, polar vortex, it was some other like blowout or bomb. I'm like, these are terrible. These are terrible things to use for describing weather phenomena. <laughs> It is horrible, and uh, I hope folks, you know, have had, uh, of course, by the time this aired, the snow storm had passed, so let's, let's send that magic to the, to the today, from today, the past, you know how it is, Yes, yes. so that things uh, pass us by. I was just laughing at the prediction, because they have 47% chance that is between two and four inches. And 49% chance that it's between four and eight. So it's like very split. And I, how would they know? 
And you know what? You tap on the book, Visual Alchemy, you tap on um, weather magic. Mm. And I think we, we ought to talk about that a little bit further on the program. But the first thing that I want to ask you about and, and like to comment about, uh, so everybody know this show is all about visual alchemy, but uh, Laura did something. I, I'd already like you and admire you and love you, but you, when things got, when things got with, with the uh, reproductive rights and all that, you immediately, like two seconds later, Put out a call for a book for a compilation of works and that is the gorgon's guide to magical resistance and i love and admire your activism from an activist to an activist uh you inspired us and you also got us off our butts and into writing mode uh i i'm very happy to say folks and yeah i you know my ego this is the very first book in which I'm published. Yay. So yeah, thank you, Laura. I, it's my honor to have been with you, the first one, uh, for so many, I hope. But um, other than the obvious, what inspired you to to make this call and, and to do this book, which is the second book on a series, actually. Right, it's the, the follow-up to the new Aradia, uh, which was released in 2018, just ahead of the election, uh, so that we could get some magic going out there and it definitely had an effect um and jen from revelor has been kind of poking at me for a while saying we should do a follow-up and i'm like yeah we should but i don't feel like the time is right uh and i also secretly hope like this is the kind of work that i hope becomes obsolete like that we won't need to use it that we don't have to use it anymore but uh as the rest of this year developed it was clear that well crap we're gonna have to you know keep going at this it's it's a new wave of uh, patriarchal bullshit <laughs> so um i was kind of been thinking and contemplating it and i'd also been working on the image that's on the cover of the gorgon's guide which is the chunakria um it's based on the sicilian uh symbol right it represents the three points of the island it also has medusa's face um and sort of a symbol of protection and uh it kind of both of those like that had been rolling around in my head and i knew i wanted to create a piece of art for it and at the same time on the overculture all this was going on i'm like clearly these two things have to come together and um, so still kind of tapping into a bit of the uh, Italian uh, mythology in there to create something that um, gets even a little more grittier uh, than the new Aradia. Uh, so, you know, deeper into reproductive rights um, and awareness of what's happening with indigenous people, uh, with queer and trans rights, you know, and we specifically uh, wanted to even cast our nets further and really focus on black indigenous and people of color their voices and amplify those voices and queer voices I bet even awesome if they overlap uh to bring all of that together to just you know, really create something that's diverse uh, and powerful at the same time and i think this this is even bigger like we're limited on size <laughs> it can only fit so much um but this one is a little chunkier than the new Aradi. i think we had over 30 different people included on this one where the previous one was about two dozen people and Still. it was it's amazing and um i wouldn't want to read the names because i don't want to leave anybody out but i know the works are 
they all pack a punch. And yes, it's a real punch for uh, human rights and people's rights. And it is ridiculous that we were sent 50 years in the past when it comes down to to women's rights and we had to write a wrong. And I think it was uh, Phyllis Carrot who said, uh, let the lawyers do the law and let the witches do the witching, you know, and, and I'm paraphrasing because that's not exactly the quote, but um, I think uh, magic and witchcraft is a point of resistance and it's political and I see so much of that in your work. And on this book, The Visual Alchemy, you pack, uh, but the, let me digress. The mm -hmm. Gorgon's Guide of Magical Resistance is available. People can get it. Please get it. There's a whole bunch of work by a whole bunch of artists and authors and um, a whole bunch of people of color like moi and some other people, indigenous, et cetera. Um, and even people from beyond the borders. I know that for a fact. Mm -hmm. Uh, my friend Christian is also on this book. Um, I was so honored to do the translation for him. So I know the work was amazing. So uh, where can people get that book, The Gorgon's Guide for Magical Resistance? Uh, it's available to find witchy bookstores everywhere. Uh, <laughs> but it's um, it's published through Revelor Press. So you can get it through the Revelor website. Um, but if you have to go big, you can get it through Amazon as well. Uh, but ask your local bookstore uh, or check with Revelar and that way you're supporting independent uh, women-owned press a little more directly than through, you know, the big monster. Mm -hmm. And I will always say it, and if you have to go through the big monster, uh, choose a charity mm. and some of your um, money that you spend through the big monster, it will go through a charity. And um, yeah, you just do the the name and add the word smile at the end and then you can choose a charity and all that but that, with that being said now we're going to go to i can't wait i've never been so anticipated um to read it to to talk about a book as i have with the visual alchemy uh and i have to tell you i'm, I'm going to share if you don't mind laura i'm going to share with people um you all know i book ridiculously in advance to record these shows, uh, usually with a month in advance. So everything is recorded a month before. And as I kept reading this book, I'm like, I'm not gonna finish. We were set to record at the beginning of December. And I'm a very slow reader because I'm a hearing learner. So it really takes, I had to be in a zone and concentrated and you know really invested into like concentrating on what my eyes are absorbing so I can process. And I reach out to Laura and I'm like, can we please record later? Cause I really want to finish the book before I ask the interview. And they say you love your lover because you see yourself reflected on mm -hmm. your lover. Laura, humbly, I got to tell you, I see myself so much reflected on this book and I know it's going to happen to a lot of people you tap into so many things that I think a lot of us know peripherically. Mm -hmm. The way you so eloquently put it on the words. And there are so many things that I wanted to talk about the book. But for those who haven't got the book on their hands yet, tell us a little bit about what this book is about. And then we're going to go into specifics. 
All right, so visual alchemy, um, which is guide to sigils, magic, and art, art, and magic, <laughs> whatever. The, the, it's always shifting, right? When you're you're in the writing process, and what is how do we sum this up? But it's essentially the sibling to sigil witchery. Uh, go, you know, having taught now hundreds of sigil witchery workshops all over, um, you know, the thing that happens as you're moving from a book to well, first people to a book to back to people again is how you know so many different types of thinking and ways of, of experience right so always problem solving and so i was already thinking about like what else do people need to know how do i get more of what i've learned as a designer and an artist into uh, advanced sigil making but also on the other side of this is truly my love of you know where art and magic intersect and the kind of a, a funny thing is that this is actually the first book i proposed to Llewellyn back in 2014, which they said, yes, please write this, send us a proposal. And I'm like, go get right on that. And, uh, you know, clearly I wrote <laughs> a bunch of other books before you know, I was truly ready uh, to do it justice. Um, so I guess it's good to listen to your intuition uh, on occasion. And uh, so this book is, is that it's not just about the sigils, it's about how art and magic are truly linked and how the evolution of humanity is powered by art as well as it includes a handy archive of at least over 50 of the shared magic sigils that have been created since 2016 because I feel like people should have something for especially these large social justice issues and issues of humanity all over right to be able to reference it without having to go to a website for it so making it handy so that you know exactly what it's about and ways you could augment it if you need to. Mm -hmm. And I, I do appreciate that because for those of us who have been following Laura, I don't know how long we've been friends, but I've been following you and, um, and yes, I know I'm sounding like too cheesy. I don't care. I love her work. So I do follow her. And over that, we have developed a friendship, of course, because Facebook, uh, when in the seventies or eighties, you thought that you could be friends with someone you admire or an author, right? So that is the magic of social media. Mm -hmm. But um, this is something that I have said for many, many years. I live in the corner of art and magic. And then to see that, again, reflected in a book, is like, oh, my God, I'm not the only person that sees it this way or thinks about it this way. And I, I, I know for sure there are millions of us out there who see magic and art that intertwine. But there is something that blew my mind. Uh, well, many things in this book. But the one thing, uh, talking about thoughts as conscious things mm -hmm. and how thoughts can arrive to a human or a various numbers of humans and how sometimes we get caught up in our ego or get a little paranoid and said, I thought about it first. And it's like, there is no such thing. Mm -hmm. uh, if we look at the cultures uh, worldwide and we look at art worldwide, we know that a lot of cultures have very similar ideas and concepts of things that happen. Um, and it's not exclusive, you know, it's not like somebody's stealing your exclusive work. It's like right. these thoughts happen, you know. Can you, can you elaborate on that one? 
for people? Yes, it's uh, it's something. It gives me chills every time I think about it. To you know, especially we we say magic starts with thought. I say I say magic starts with thought, and all of everybody else does. But that's where where I'm coming from is that you know we are taking something that exists in one realm and manifesting it, influencing it, creating it um, in this realm. And ideas are the same thing, right? There's an ideas and magic and spirituality. All of these things exist in very similar formats. And, you know, I call, I call the ideas that, that show up in, you know, parallel cultures, if you want to call that those parallel ideas, like the slutty muses, because without, you know, out, even outside of the internet, without the interwebs, uh, that we, we see this common need to problem solve, we see this common inspiration that shows up, and nobody's cribbing off of anybody else, it's all manifesting, it's all growing and, and creating at the same time, which is so exciting, I mean, like, it's like the time has come for this idea, and so it's going to be birthed in some way, and every person's interpretation of that, every culture's interpretation, is just a little bit different because of our lived experiences, as well as how we relate to those ideas as well. Uh, and once you, you start to grasp that, it's amazing to look at the ideas of interconnectivity and influence. And it's, it's also weaving the liminal, all of those things together. Exactly. I have said for a number of years now, I invented... Uh ride share uh, idea, you know, because I used to think, as I don't drive, so I used to think, why not people who drive and are driving by themselves give rides to other people? And then when all this uh, car share apps started to appear, I was like, oh my God, I was not the only one with the idea, you know, lo and behold. So I love the, the slot of muses and that idea of yeah, the divine, as you might call it, he, she, it, there, they, they, them, uh, puts out the inspiration or the slotty muses or whatever. And there is no such thing as competition. To me, that is such a valid um, thought to see, you know, on the book that there is no, oh, I did it first or I know better. It's like, it's universal and it occurred mm -hmm. to, out of the billions of people on the planet, yes, we are unique, but also ideas manifest in different ways. Um, and that is fascinating. I also love the fact of your step-by-step get-to-do-the-work. Uh, if you are tapping into art like I am, I know the last time you were here, I was telling you and asking you to know about doing art because I've never gone to school mm -hmm. for art. And... In this book, you give us a step-by-step, -step, get off the couch and get going and get doing. And I love it. I love um, some of the tips you give here. And I don't want to give the whole uh, book away, but you talk about simplifying things or being symmetric or uh, what kind of uh, media to utilize, like a pen versus a uh, pencil versus chalk and all of that and at one point folks she takes us by the hand and to get it done just just sit down and get to it um is that a universal feeling you think that we all have this fear that we're going to mess up the art i think that's a large percentage of the population because of how much we've divorced art from the human experience 
Um, you know, we were all fine with it being like, oh, look at the kids playing with finger paints and making a mess. And then there's a part where, well, now you have to grow up and you can't make a career out of the arts. And um, and then only the good art hangs in galleries and museums and such, which is a load of crap <laughs> as well. Um, so you, you've got society hitting us with, you know, you can't make art. Your art's not good enough. At the same time, we're also getting these same messages about magic, right? That mm -hmm. if you believe in magic, you're crazy, um, you know, delusional or, you know, living in a fantasy world. It's like, well, magic is the influence. It's, you know, spirit on wheels. <laughs> it is, uh, you know, this perceptive experience as is art, right? That we perceive the world and that we have expression through it. And I think so much of the crises that we were experiencing really stem back to divorcing humanity from making art to separating that because it is such an important outlet for us mentally, spiritually, even physically, uh, because we're not just talking about visual art, right? We're talking about all of the arts, whether it's singing or dancing or writing plays, um, you know, music, all of these things, we all have forms of expression that are important to us and to be able to say, this is worthwhile because it's something I need to do. Mm -hmm. And not because what the end result is, if it's good enough to hang in a gallery, well, screw that. That's someone else's gatekeeping in there. Make the thing. Make the thing. And don't be afraid. And I love that she puts it on words in the book. Like, don't be afraid. Uh, I even love, and I was laughing out loud, of course, when I'm uh, reading at places where I'm working and I'm laughing, people looking at me and I'm like, mind your business. Uh, <laughs> because in one part of the book, you say, don't flip the page like keep drawing over on the same page learn from your mistakes i mean you really are holding this mirror uh to all of us whether we are uh very very new or experienced or right in the middle and everything is art and everything that we create even the way we speak we put rhythm into it we put tone we put harmony so you know i I believe that it's a magical life and it's filled with art. And I love that you um, make us all see this into this book. Um, but you also talk about, and I love this, I, again, another instance where I was laughing on my own and people were looking at me. I really have a, it makes me laugh. I, I was gonna say pet peeve, but it's not a pet peeve. It makes me laugh when people say, do not share your magic. Do not ever put a photo of your altar on the internet. Do not share your magical artwork. Like, why wouldn't I? Like, what I think, Laura, is if you truly believe that if you put a photo of your altar on the internet, mm -hmm. somebody's going to steal your magic, I feel bad for your magic because you have no faith in it. Yes, right. I said it. So take us a little bit into that. Uh, I was one of those sort of um, side journeys. It was a side quest, you know, as you know, as I'm writing something and I see people arguing on the internet um, and, you know, we're having a lot of discussions now about art creation and photography and um, uh, animate, not animated. Artificial AI. intelligence. Artificial intelligence. That's the word. Uh, hello, jet lag. Uh, <laughs> that kind of thing. But, you know, it's, 
I, I'm always fascinated by the taboos that modern culture comes up with, uh, especially like, oh, you know, if you share photos of your altar, people are going to, you know, be able to do stuff to you. Like, why wouldn't they be doing on the easy to get stuff as it is? Like, if people are going to go after you, <laughs> you already have your picture up there on Facebook. You've already got all these other things out there. They have your name. Like, it's not that. And, you know, it's, it, it, it's particularly, I think, telling <laughs> some people uh, that that's the way they think or that they just, again, take this idea and go, oh, you know, it's like the same thing with um, that you you have to be given your first tarot deck, like, go, go, go buy the one you want, you know, yeah. or make a wish list. <laughs> it's fine. You know, it's like it doesn't it's not going to invalidate the experience. And I think it's good to record what we've created. And I think that we've been doing that in many ways, um, whether it's through art, through song, through dance, um, through paintings, and, you know, just adding on to the experience of here is a little touch of magic that's happening in our world. I think we kind of revel in it. I think it makes it more real for uh, for many of us, right? Because again, going against society to tell you that magic isn't real. And then here is this thing that you curated, these candles, these oils, these skulls, whatever you've put together and you've gathered your intention and you're making, you know, an act of will. Um, and here's a physical representation of it. Like, but nobody else is going to influence or change it, what you've already created. Um, they can have opinions about it. And that's true about art. Any art I put out into the world, people are going to have opinions. They're going to respond to it in their own way. But that still doesn't change what the art is. It doesn't change my initial experience or my process. Uh, so and getting folks to be like, if it makes you happy, you take photos of your lunch, take photos of your lunch, right? <laughs> you know, like when we start a thing where like, if you take a photo of your lunch, you'll be cursed. I feel like you'll have indigestion. I don't know, like the silliest ideas that people have. You know, they say misery loves company. And with all yeah. honesty, that's what I think it is because, you know, like with people, and, and I know this is kind of off topic, but it's not. Like I love Game of Thrones, you know, mm -hmm. and I am the number one activist about feminism and all that. But I, I freaking love Game of Thrones. And I know it's misogynistic and I know it's extremely violent, but I also know it's fantasy, mm -hmm. right? And we have to let our shadow come out to play once in a while, right? So that we don't repress our own misogyny. So let it see projected on the screen instead of us acting on it. Mm -hmm. And then you have your people that are, oh, I've never watched Game of Thrones. I've never seen one chapter. I think it's ridiculous. Like, what does, what good does it do to the world that you come out and say, I've never watched this because I think it's ridiculous. When did we start um, canceling folks for liking things? And if you find joy into tracing a heart and put it in online, what harm are you doing to the other folks that have come up in arms to condemn you for posting what gives you joy? Mm -hmm. Ultimately, social media is social to to socialize to interact and it's kind of like a um a digital diary in a way right. for a lot of That's us a good way of putting it you know and i don't know like why if you don't like something just scroll just, just don't look at it don't don't just comment and I, I i'm here with you laura so let us tell folks like 
guarantee your magic won't disappear if you post it, right? Right. You know, yes. I I love that. <laughs> I love that. Uh, then um, later in the book, um, you you talk a lot about creating your own sigils and basically doing what works for you. And you give in this book tons of guidelines and um, even a guide with symbols. I love the one uh, with the tarot uh, mm -hmm. sigils. And that was a great exercise because the minute I saw that, I'm like, no, I would have used a different symbol. And and then I have like, ah, that's exactly what you're talking about. There are symbols that are out there already. And there are symbols that you can create and relate to. And then there are symbols that you will create to your own language right um because when i first learned how to make symbols it was that illumination uh i think most people learn that way to right. do it. yeah um, and it's fine and it's uh practical and it's something that you can do in a minute i think but to come up with your own symbols and your own you know and and i was like but how hard while i was reading i was thinking how hard it might be to come up with your own symbols. And then I flipped the page and it's the terror stuff. And I'm like, oh no, I would have put this and that here and there. And you know, it's immediately how you um, took us through the book into finding our own, even our own symbols. But then um, later on, you talk about activism and sharing all these sigils and sharing all this work and the main thing that caught my eye there is people that say why does everything has to be political in your own words please why does everything has to be political because we're human beings <laughs> right what is what is the political why do we have government why do we have policies right is we're trying to craft a better human experience uh, or we should be trying to craft a better human experience for everyone and uh, so everything that affects us as human beings whether it's our environment which is the food we're eating the water that we're drinking the air that we're breathing to our reproductive rights and being able to control our own bodies to being able to marry whoever you want to marry uh regardless of race or gender or sexuality like all of these things these are these are rights and this is the human experience and the folks who are like oh i'm just i'm fine that's like well that comes from a place of privilege for you to be able to like oh it doesn't really affect me i'm okay i've got mine and screw everybody else like you know what this all goes around because we're all interconnected um and so the trials and tribulations of your neighbor will become yours And so it's better to pay attention now and to to give a fuck, to care about what's happening uh, around you rather than being like, well, my cup is fine. It's full for now. Oops, I'm sorry. I hope you cannot. Okay. There was a buzzing sound coming from my computer. We're good. Can you hear me? I think we're good. Still yes, good? we're good. We're good. Okay. I was worried too, but like that's usually the sound where it makes where it's about to go blue screen. No, 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 no. It, it's just there's something about the cables on my old computer and I happen to touch the brain Ah, and it just goes crazy. But then I just hit it again and 
and that's it. It's done. It's fine. It's, and it's and I was, yeah, you need to pet it. Um, and I totally took advantage of having you on the show to say exactly what you just said, because as a woman of color, as an indigenous woman, as an immigrant, as a fat activist, as a, you know, all the things that converge in me as a person, I am constantly telling people, like, when you are not political, when you sit on your ivory tower and say, that doesn't affect me, that comes from privilege. Mm -hmm. But what happens, Laura, is that people that look like me, we get dismissed. So we need people that look like you to say the thing. So thank you for saying the thing. And thank you for being such an advocate for everybody's problems, because... There is no higher truth than the truth that you just said. Your neighbor's issue, your neighbor's problem, your neighbor's struggle will become your struggle mm -hmm. if, if you don't nip it on the butt. Um, we have just seen that with our last quote precedent. Um, and, you know, I love that you talk about that on this book. And I love that you share all this plethora of different sigils. And there is something that you don't see a whole lot of artists say. And you say this on this book. Oh, and by the way, if you need to change something, change it. Hmm. And, and you tap on it at the very beginning and then in the middle and then at the end and then all over the book, you keep telling us like, but if you need to change something, change it. How important is for us to have permission? You know, it, it is really, um, I once asked Wendy Rule if I could have used her song for uh, Hecate uh, to, to use it for Fortuna, you know, because it talks about the wheel turning. Mm -hmm. um, but not everybody has the privilege that I have had to ask directly the artist. I love that you... Um, you are so grand because you tell us in this book, like, oh, and by the way, grab this and run with it. How important it is for us, even in our own creations, to give ourselves permission to change. It's it's huge because we're taught to not change, right? That you're you're supposed to be on this very steady, perfect journey, right? And you're just going to grow extensively, which is, you know, growth isn't this growth is serpentine right we're going to double back on ourselves we're going to need to shed our skins and recreate who we are and if like if you don't if you haven't recreated who you are and you're on a magical path it's coming it's coming hard for you um and otherwise it's going to be it's like crash and burn moment because you have to accept that first of all where none of us are perfect uh and that's why i love when i tell people about if you're not connecting to your ancestors least look to the recent mighty dead and recognize that the recent mighty dead and beloved dead are not perfect people either that all you know many people that we hold up to being amazing musicians and activists and uh you know all these different things they're still human beings and they still have done terrible things because that's what we do as human beings we mess things up uh, and then we learn from them um and so if we don't try if we don't own that sovereign part of ourselves and say all right i'm going to make a full commitment to it it's very hard to work magic you can't work magic from a, a moldy washcloth <laughs> right? 
It's gotta, it's gotta be clean, it's gotta be ready, it's gotta be aggressive, right? To, to change, to clean, to do the work. Uh, otherwise it's just gonna be a mess and it's not going to be as evocative or effective. Uh, so it's, it's important to find your identity, find what the connection is to the work that you're doing, and then own it, own the responsibility, own the things that happen for better, for worse, for unexpected or expected, uh, and continue to make notes and grow and change and like, what's the next spiral of this journey? Yeah. And I find it fascinating because as a person who is very controlling, creating art is a challenge of healing that part of myself mm -hmm. in and out itself. And I've told whoever listens to me, you know, my, my students or my clients, we hold ourselves so high. The bar is like so extremely high and so inflexible that when we allow ourselves change, when we allow ourselves mistakes, when we allow ourselves to not flip the page, that, that mark me. Laura, you have no idea how that called me to like, don't flip the page. Keep drawing over your mistake. Keep practicing and keep looking at what you did that you didn't like and you want to do it again. So when we allow ourselves that flexibility, we, we lower the bar. We lower the expectations. We start becoming more gentle and, and compassionate to ourselves. Yes. And then we become compassionate towards our kin mm -hmm. and, and everybody around. And what you said about the, the dead also, I'm like, let's, we, which is pagans, we say we don't abide by all this like Christian culture or whatever, but this belief that the, the people who die goes up and get their wings and become saints. That's a very Catholic, very uh, fantastic belief system. And, if somebody was an a-hole, they're going to die and they're still going to be an a-hole. So, you know, I can't well, believe yep. I'm swearing on my own show. <laughs> Anywho, I cannot believe the time is going so quickly, um, but we still have a few minutes. I want to ask you, Laura, is there anything about this wonderful book that I haven't um, tapped into that you think needs to be said today on the show? Uh, so, this is such it's such a personal experience right and we tend to think that we're doing it alone right especially with art we often feel like you're you're in your own little space and you're not doing it but to recognize that we are collaborative and that's where the book is separated into two parts i believe the first section is create and the second section is collaborate uh, and so the first part is all about dealing with the creative process and recognizing your role in it and then to collaborate, to get past what you're talking earlier about competition, right? The evils of competition rather than the virtues and the amazing um, possibilities that come from when we collaborate, when we work together, whether it's through art, through magic, through ritual, all of these different things. So it's not only for the independent practitioner, but it's also for those who you know truly want to convene whether it's with spirits or with other people, with all the, you know, spiritual communities or the people in your backyard uh, to allow for those possibilities too. So I designed it uh, to be a multifaceted tool for a wide variety of people. That is amazing. And, and believe me, folks, do your thing, create your thing, make your mark in the world. Those are Laura's words. And I would never believe, Laura, you, you're not going to believe this. I started creating my little art, right? And I, this is the last time I call it little. 
I started creating my art and when I sold the first piece, I screamed. And now that I'm making it into candles and now I'm blessing the candle and selling the candle with my art print on it, it's just a journey of discovery. You don't know where art is going to take you. And I am very honored to have you as my unofficial mentors on this art journey. Um, so officially, thank you for that from a very personal level. Uh, and for folks that might be curious, you can find my art and just hit me up. Uh, and of course, if you want art from Laura, um, you can go to her website and she has all kinds of, my goodness, you have shirts, you have prints, you have the oracles. Um, in Mexico, we believe when somebody's talking about you, your ear rings. Mm -hmm. um, if your ear rings once a week on Wednesdays, is me. <laughs> I cannot, now I know where it's coming from. <laughs> now you know where it's coming from. Uh, I When I do the, the coffee break, um that i do online i'm always using your your decks um because i love them and i love the ethics and everything that you put on your work it feels to me very genuine it's not pompous you're not trying to impress anybody and quite the opposite you're trying to make us do do the thing and for that i will be and for that i will be forever grateful for because you do do inspired us so um, before we go, any plans for the new year, both, uh, uh, not personal, but professionally, mostly, are you going somewhere? Are you teaching any classes? What, where can we have more Laura for us? Uh, I'm going to do a bit of a, a deep dive into my artwork uh, for January and February. So my folks on Patreon are going to see that first, the, the fruits of um, hopefully labor <laughs> that's coming through that. Uh, and then kicking off into the year, we've got Paganicon in Minneapolis in March um, and a whole bunch of other things that are coming together for the rest of the year. I'm not trying to travel too much. I'm still trying to keep it, you know, one big event a year, but also will be teaching more virtual workshops. Again, I kind of took a break for a bit um, just because so much was going on. But in January, February, I'll have virtual workshops again. So folks can find those on my website. What's your Patreon? Uh, Patreon is Alchemy, and that's the O-W-L-K-E-Y-M-E. And of course, people can follow you on Instagram. They can follow you on Facebook. And you can find more, obviously, on lauratempestsakroff.com. Um, my only job here is to say thank you so much for being on the show. And I'll leave you the microphones to say good, good night to your audience. Thank you so much again for having me and thank you for sharing your experiences about this book. That's kind of the most magical thing about it is knowing it's doing the work and it's inspiring folks and to everybody out there, go out, make art, believe in your magic. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, everybody. And of course you can find Laura's book, uh, visual art, visual alchemy, which is guide to sigils, art and magic and small bookstores, your local bookstores, or uh, it's through Llewellyn Worldwide. So, you know, they are worldwide and everywhere. And if you don't find it on your local store, as your local store to get it. And if you must buy from the devil, make the thing where you do the donations so you can buy through um, Amazon because this is the world in which we live. So thank you, Laura. Thank you everybody to, who listened to the show. And I just want to remind you all uh, to tune in to... Um, 
CSMP, the Circle Sanctuary Network podcast. Um, this has been announced officially, but I want to re-announce officially because I'm very, very happy. Uh, I took over as manager of the station uh, late last year, and I'm very happy to continue serving all of y'all through this station. So remember to listen to our shows. We have Circle Magic two Tuesdays a month. We have um, Blue Marble the third Friday of the month. We have Paganos del Mundo in Spanish and Portuguese every Saturday. We have Lunatic Mondays the second and fourth Monday of the month. And we have Circle of Nature the third Wednesday of the month. All of them available through uh, Spotify, Stretcher, uh, iTunes, TuneIn, etc., wherever you get your blogs, and obviously on our house, Blog Talk Radio. So to everyone, thank you so much for listening, and until we meet again, never forget that you are loved. Bye-bye. <laughs>